Welcome to this time of worship at First United Methodist Church in Pasadena, California. I'm Sandra Olwine and I serve as pastor here and along with our staff and entire congregation, we are so glad that you have joined us. As the new year begins, we continue to worship virtually as a way to protect the health of our community and our congregation. But the Spirit's power is able to reach beyond the separation that we feel physically to bind us together spiritually so that we are still one family. And in this time of worship, our hearts will be renewed in our love of God and our desire to serve God by loving our neighbor. So in anticipation of the Spirit's work in our life, let us turn our hearts to praise and prayer. Please join us in the call to worship. The heavens open, the spirit descends. Jesus emerges from the water. And a voice echoes through the blue expanse. This is my child, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus is named, claimed. We come to the water. We remember we are named, claimed. Can it be so? What a thing to be named claimed. Let us worship the one who names and claims us still.
Please join me in the prayer of the day. God of many names, we give ourselves into the hand of your continuing creativity. Our past with its joys and triumphs, its failures and regrets, our present with its struggles and accomplishments, its hopes and setbacks, our future with its fears and freedom, its pain and possibility. Trusting the spirit that breathes life trusting the love that will not let us go, trusting the promise of the word made flesh. Meet us wherever we are gathered this day and make us new through this time of worship. Amen. Good morning, young Christians. It is so good to be joined together in worship with you today. We're gonna to start out with a little game, so I want you to listen and see what you hear. Are you ready? Here we go. Listen. What did you hear? Did you hear the shower running? Good job. Let's try another one. Are you ready? Let's listen. What did you hear? Did you hear the ocean? Good job. Are you ready to try another one? Here we go. Listen. Did you hear water filling up a glass? Good job. Today, we're talking about baptism. We're remembering Jesus' baptism and we're talking about our baptisms. And something really exciting is happening today because someone is getting baptized. That's so exciting. 
I wonder if you have some kind of bowl or container that you could go fill with water right now and bring it back. Grown-ups, you can do this too because we will be using some water later in the service as we all remember our baptisms. So if you want to find a cup or a bowl or some kind of plasticware like this um, and bring back some water and then we'll talk a little more. If you have your water ready, you may wanna just go ahead and dip your fingers in it, maybe splash around a little bit. Maybe listen to the sound it makes. Maybe you wanna take just a little bit of water and splash it on someone close by. Not too much though. You've probably already touched water at some point today. Maybe when you brushed your teeth or washed your hands or Maybe you drank a cup of water. Water is all around us all the time and it's something we use every day and it's also something that's in our bodies and that we need to survive, which makes it the perfect thing to help us remember our baptism because our baptism is also around us and within us all the time. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by who? Do you remember who baptized Jesus? That's right, John the Baptist. When Jesus was baptized, something really incredible happened. The heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. And there was a voice from heaven that said to Jesus, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. wonderful thing to hear from God. Did you know that you too are a child of God? When we are baptized, we are named and claimed as God's children, as people who are loved by God, who are sons and daughters of God, just like Jesus. Have you ever had a feeling like you don't belong? Have you ever felt left out or maybe even had a moment where you didn't feel loved? Well, our baptism and remembering it helps us to remember that no matter what we're going through, no matter what's going on in the world around us or maybe how our friends are treating us, that we can know for sure that we are God's children that we belong in God's family and we are loved by God. In the same way the water surrounds us, our church family surrounds us with love and support. And God's Holy Spirit is always in and around us, just like water is. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Dear God, Thank you for the story of Jesus' baptism. And thank you for our baptisms. Thank you for the people who make up the church, who surround us with 
love, and faith. Thank you for making us your children, for loving us and caring for us. Help us to live in ways that are pleasing to you. This morning, we turn to the beginning of God's story. Hear these words from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The Gospel lesson for today comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him, who were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. 
And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart, and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I have lost count of the number of times in the last few years that I have felt compelled to begin my sermon talking about how difficult the week before has been. And in the last 12 months, it has been a far too regular mantra. Each time I say it, I hope in the depths of my being that it will be the last for a while, a long while, I hope. But it seems the seas through which we are traveling now are just really, really rough a seemingly endless storm that is tossing us about every which way. As one member shared in an email to me this week, the Overwhelm Club is large right now. You know, as 2021 began, I suspect many of us wish that the heartaches of 2020 might just disappear as we turn the page to a new year. Maybe I should have seen it as an omen when I ordered calendars for a couple of friends for Christmas this year only discovered that when they arrived, that I had ordered 2020 calendars. You know, on various social media platforms last week, there was a meme posting that said, I'd like to cancel my subscription to 2021. I've experienced the seven day free trial and I'm not interested. Yes, not much has changed. And in some very important ways, things seem worse than ever. This last week, we saw the largest single-day death toll from the coronavirus on Wednesday, with over 4,000 people succumbing to the virus or its complications. That news, though, disappeared against the backdrop of a mob breaking into our nation's capital, forcing Congress to stop their work, with elected representatives, senators, and their staff needing to go into hiding and secure locations in the building. Shockingly, this act of insurrection was fed and encouraged by rhetoric, misinformation, lies, and leadership from some of those same elected officials, and sadly to say, the current president of our nation. The ease by which the mob gained access to the Capitol chambers also elicited grave concerns, both about just failure and security in general, but as well as drawing to many people's attention the stark contrast to how peaceful and law-abiding Black Lives Matter protesters were met just a few months ago in the Washington DC and across our nation. Once again, the intersection of policing, white power and privilege was made all too plain, revealing how deeply racism is woven into the very fabric of our society. Now, I was working on this sermon as the events of Wednesday played out before me, so I didn't get a lot of writing done. But as I came back to it on Thursday morning, I realized that I didn't really have to change much in the, the content of what I had planned to share with you. Because this Sunday after Epiphany, we always celebrate the baptism of the Lord, a morning we reflect on Jesus's baptism and our own. A morning we make time to reaffirm our vows and remember that we are claimed and named by God in this outward sign of a inward grace. It is a Sunday steeped in our identity as children of God and what God's claim on our life means to how we live and move in the world. 
On this day, I always remind you that we have been claimed by a God that sends us as beloved children to engage whatever is to be in the world as water-drenched, spirit-filled people, and that we will find our lives, save our lives, this year and every year, by losing them for Christ's sake. Now, now this year's lectionary puts Jesus' baptism, the beginning of Jesus' story as told by Mark, in juxtaposition with the very opening of God's story, the first day of creation. The waters of the deep and the calling forth of light speaks to the waters of the Jordan from which rises the light of the world. The beginning, the first day. Surely, I thought, in this interplay of creation and baptism, there must be some word of hope for the times through which we are passing. Reverend Raphael Warnock, who is the first African-American to be elected as a senator for the state of Georgia and currently pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church, gave a short victory speech on Tuesday evening after the special runoff election held in that state that day. He's a pastor, so it felt like a homily, actually. It was rooted in humility and gratitude, focused on building bridges, casting a vision, and calling people towards their very best selves. Near the close, he said something quite simple that particularly caught my attention. Sharing a story about his father, Senator Alec Warnock said, I remember my dad used to wake me up every morning at dawn. It was morning, but it was still dark. It was morning, but it was still dark. Of course, there was the hope. Every new day begins in the dark just like on the first day when the earth was a formless void awaiting God's wind to sweep over the waters and for God to speak, calling for the light and then deeming that it was good. You know, that very morning, in fact, as Mackenzie and I stepped out the front door for a walk, it was dark. Things were formless in the deep shadows. And I was being cautious, actually, especially on the lookout for movement of coyotes which Mackenzie does not appreciate. But within about 15 minutes of our beginning, color began to appear in the east. Beautiful shades of pink, purple, deep orange, and near the horizon, a glowing, vibrant yellow. Oh, I stopped walking, and I just stood there to watch the dawn rise. And I felt this deep sense of gratitude welling up from within. It was a new day. You know, Warnock went on to say, it's dark right now, but morning comes. And scripture tells us weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning, the first day. Yes, like Jesus, you and I rise from the waters of our baptism and each day is like the first day. God's spirit moves over the waters, the turbulent, foaming, frightening waters the waters of pandemic, the waters of injustice, the waters of chaos, the waters of hatred and the lies and conspiracy theories, the waters of failed leadership and justice denied, the waters of fear and confusion and grief. But as we rise through those water, God speaks, proclaiming, you are my son, my daughter, my child. You are beloved and with you I am well pleased. Here is our hope. 
We are claimed. God says you are my child. We are named. God calls us beloved. We are affirmed. With you, I am well pleased. Do you hear it? God saw the light and saw that it was good. The first day. I have shared with you previously that in this passage, Mark used a dynamic word to describe what happens to the heavens as Jesus rises water drenched from the Jordan. The Greek word literally means that the heavens were torn apart and any separation between God and humanity gone. Now it's important to remember that people then thought there was a dome above the earth, not unlike clocks that have a glass jar over them. Now remember the description of the second day in Genesis 1. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. And God called the dome sky. You see, God was understood to dwell somewhere above in the waters beyond that dome. But Mark shouts in baptism, no more. That dome has a giant hole in it and God rips it apart and comes to Jesus as spirit. The wind that blew over the water, Ruach, now comes down upon the waters of Jordan, descending on and permeating Jesus' very self. Don Huel, who notes in his commentary that this word is also in the present passive form, indicating that this process is ongoing. You see, it's not a completed action, a once done thing never to happen again. The image says, well, is that the heavens are torn apart and cannot be repaired. The heavens, understood as a bell-shaped glass cover that separates creation from God's presence, is in the process, the ongoing process of being torn open. And God is on the loose in the world now. Now, the great 20th century theologian Karl Barth proposed that this was the essence of the gospel, the astonishing claim that God does not will to remain hidden in the heights of heaven, but descends to the depths of earthly life in order to be seen and heard by us finite creatures. Yes, the waters of chaos are present now as they were in the beginning. But hallelujah, God is not done creating. God is not done blowing on the waters. God is not done speaking. Let there be light. Light that illumines the waves. Light that highlights the shadows, bringing definition and clarity. Light that brings the possibility of sight and the opportunity to address, transform, renew what is now visible to us. And those who love God come to the light. When we take our baptism seriously, we are saying yes to living in a world in which God is truly present and moving, flinging the Holy Spirit over us, around us, and in us, just like over the waters on the first day. Like the heavens, our lives are torn open so that we are never never disconnected from the presence of the power of God in our lives. And therein is our hope for the days through which we are now passing. Jesus did not receive the Spirit in order to enjoy some private or personal spiritual benefit. 
immediately after this, the same spirit drives Jesus into the wilderness, into the chaos, to bring light to the places lost and broken and desolate. His ministry to and in and for the world is in the chaos. And he is the light sent as the new day. And in the end, Jesus then passes that gift, that calling onto us, the church. When we claim that Jesus underwent baptism so that we might commune with him in baptism and share in his empowerment by the spirit, well, that means Jesus's public ministry, his public witness is also ours. The coming of the spirit is never a quiet, nobody needs to know kind of event. No, we leave the waters of baptism to live in the chaos as light bearers, pointing in who we are and how we move in the world to the creator who brought order out of chaos. The first day. You know, this understanding is deeply rooted in our Methodist fabric. You know, sometimes people are concerned that I am too political in my sermons, that I comment too much on things like poverty and homelessness, hunger, greed, racism, and immigration. And I understand that. I mean, folks have been taught over the years that faith is a private matter, mostly about a personal relationship with Jesus and should be left each to their own. And that the things that we consider political, the social things, are left to our individual decisions, to the privacy of our homes or of our ballot box. And in some ways that's true. We're not called to be partisan or to have any idea that one party is God's party over another. I have said time and time again, there are always multiple ways to faithfully address the social brokenness that I name that can become from multiple partisan directions. And in fact, usually the best solutions come when folks from those different positions work together to create a shared response. But John Wesley was utterly clear that grace is both personal and communal, both private and public. Yes, we seek to deepen our personal holiness. There are activities like prayer or fasting that we do on our own, that, but there are also things that we do socially, communally, like worship or sharing communion. But Wesley also underscored there was a social holiness, acts of mercy that were personal, like the offerings that we make for our social service ministry, but also public and communal. And that is what we know as social justice. You know, in the 18th century, Wesley felt a lived faith meant that people called Methodist needed to work to reduce the gap between rich and poor, seek to ensure full employment, introduce means to help the poorest, offer the best possible education to everyone, empower individuals to think that they can make a difference, promote tolerance, promote equal treatment of women, create a society based on values and not on profits, end all forms of enslavement, avoid engaging in wars, avoid narrow self-interest and promote a worldview and care for the animals with whom we share the planet. Yes, that was his faithful and yes, political manifesto in the 18th century. Wesley understood that caring about the well-being of our neighbor wasn't only about personal compassion for individuals, it was about creating the kingdom of God a society where individuals and families and communities could flourish and know life abundant. It was how one lived out the commandment to love one's neighbor as one loved oneself. 
how one demonstrated the love they had for God. So at the heart of being a Methodist form disciple is the call to personal and social holiness. It is private and political. It is in fact one of the strengths of who we have understood ourselves to be. However short we have so often felt fallen on the social holiness side of our journey. But let me be clear, this isn't some unusual form of Christianity. It is an understanding of faith rooted in the very vows that we take at baptism. Remember, our first vow of baptism is to renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of our sin. When I share this vow with those seeking baptism, I always underscore that this vow in many ways does focus on our personal lives, what we will seek to do as one claimed by God. We turn from those things in all the ways they confront us towards God, proclaiming our intention of walking the Jesus way. The second vow places that commitment in a social context, for it asks, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Freedom and power from God aren't about doing what we want or making up some definition that suits our personal pleasures or political outlooks. No, God's freedom and power are gifts given so that we might what? Resist evil, injustice, and oppression. And to understand what those things are is to steep ourselves in scriptural study and the teachings of the church over the years. It is to listen to the prophets of old and of our own time that challenge our comfortability and our complacency and looking to those who are on the margins, sidelined by the places and people of power in our world and to see where God is with them. Yes, we are to recognize the evil and injustice as the chaos of the deep turbulent waters over which God's breath blows and out of which God speaks light into being. Our final baptismal vow is that we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, put our whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him in union with the church, which Christ is open to people of all ages, nations, and races. In this promise, we are committing our deepest allegiance to this life that Jesus has called us to. At the very least, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are then, like Jesus, to tear into the challenges and problems of the world with everything that we have been given. It's a summons to be part of the remarkable, redemptive work of God to give our lives to something more challenging than any other kind of work, but in the end, surely more beautiful, true, and enduring than any other kind of work. That's why we remember our baptism on this day, why we renew our own vows whenever others are baptized. For whenever we do so, we're taken back to living in the midst of God's love for us every day, so that we remember who we are and to whom we belong. Through grace rooted in our identity, we rise from the waters of chaos filled with the Spirit to live our baptismal identity, being made more into the image of God's love each day. That's what John Wesley called sanctification, 
being made perfect in love. It's a life journey, but it's one worth taking and one that will carry us through all the seas, no matter how rough. Yes, saying yes to our baptism is the daily work of the rest of our lives. God is drawing us out in this moment from our places of comfort and slumber into this holy collision of word, water, and spirit. So today, remember that we walk in Jesus's wet footprints, water-drenched, spirit-filled as God's beloved. Remember that God goes with us into all the places we will go and is there in the dark, already working, even before the light most surely will come. Reverend Warnock concluded on Tuesday evening saying, let us rise up, greet the morning and meet the challenges of this moment. Together we can do the necessary work and win the future for all our children. And I would add, remember, today is the first day and light has come. Amen. Sisters and brothers in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, God's spirit has been poured out upon water. Water poured over and immersed in us. Water that flows freely for all who receive it. Water from streams of God's saving power and justice. Water that brings hope to all who thirst for righteousness. Water that refreshes life, nurtures growth, and offers new birth. Today on Baptism of the Lord Sunday, in each other's presence, we usually come to the waters to renew our commitments to Christ who has raised us, the Spirit who has birthed us, and the Creator who is making all things new. Today, though, we gather virtually, but the power of the Spirit transcends our physical separation. So I invite you to fill a bowl of water if you haven't already, and to prepare to remember your baptism. But we can rejoice on this day that when we celebrate Jesus' baptism, we also celebrate the baptism of another who comes moved by the love of God to acknowledge the power of God in her life and her desire to give her life fully to God in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift, offered to us without price. Through the reaffirmation of faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's Holy Church. I present Aisha Figulis Williams for the Sacrament of Baptism and membership in First United Methodist Church of Pasadena, along with Jamie McKelvey, who is transferring his membership from Harsel First United Methodist Church in Harsel, Alabama to this congregation. Aisha, this morning you present yourself for the sacrament of baptism. So today I will ask you the ancient vows that represent entry into the whole Christian family worldwide. Those of you gathered in the cloister and those of you participating virtually, I ask you to renew your covenant along with Aisha for your sake, 
And on behalf of the whole church, then, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say, I do. I do. I do. do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, oppression, in whatever form they present themselves? If so, say, I do. I do. I do. And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, Put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. And so say, I do. I do. For those of you gathered here representing our whole congregation, do you as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? We do. And will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include Aisha in your care? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround Aisha with the community of love and forgiveness that she may grow in her trust of God and be found faithful in her service to others. We will pray for her that she may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. The Lord be with you. And also, and also with you. you. Let us pray. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. And after the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing, Sing to the, the Lord, Lord all, the, all earth. the earth. Tell, Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare Christ's works to the nations his glory among all the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and the water that we have gathered in our many places. Bless this one who receives it and all those renew their vows this day. Wash and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in Christ's final victory. All praise to you, eternal God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Aisha, I'd ask you to come and to kneel if you would. Aisha, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost. And now for those of you who are gathered here, if you would raise your hand in a blessing. Um, normally we would lay hands on you, but you're going to feel that power coming as people uh, raise their hand and spirit around you. Aisha, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, you may be found to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. Let your light shine so that others, seeing your good works, may glorify God. 
Amen. Amen. Now, for those of you gathered here and those of you in virtual spaces, I invite you to dip your finger in the water that you have collected to mark the signs of the cross on your forehead and then repeat after me. Today I remember. Today I remember that I am God's child. That I am God's child. Claimed in love. Claimed in love. Baptized by water and the Spirit. Baptized by water and the Spirit. And I am thankful. And I am thankful. Amen. Well, Aisha, as we talked about. Uh, Baptism includes you into the worldwide fellowship of the Christian family. You've also decided on this day to not only to locate that membership here in the United Methodist Church. And so I ask you then, as a member of Christ Universal Church, will you be loyal to your faith through the United Methodist Church and do all in your powers to strengthen its ministries? If so, say, I will. Jamie, you are already a member of the United Methodist Church and wish now to transfer your membership to this particular congregation. So I ask you and Aisha, will you faithfully participate in the ministries of this congregation by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service? If so, say, I will. I will. Members of the household of God, I commend Aisha and Jamie to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you with Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ, and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the Church by our prayers, presence, our gifts, our service, and our witnesses, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And now may the God who gives us life, who surrounds us in love, and sustains us with through the power of the Spirit, bless you and keep you both, now and forevermore. Amen. Welcome. Uh, Jamie is a member of this congregation. Aisha is baptized and member of this congregation. We're so glad you're here. Let us... Uh... Let us pray. We give you thanks and praise, O God, for the waters of baptism, waters that mark us as your own, and that continue to refresh those who you call to be part of this community. Bless your whole church this day as we name the holy things that bind us together as the body of Christ for the world. Sustain our leaders, especially our Bishop Grant and our Superintendent Jim. Let the waters of baptism remind us that we make our true home in you, a spiritual dwelling place, not made with human hands. Creator God, you made everything and you called it good. Forgive us for the ways that we abuse your creation. Turn us from habits of wastefulness and endless consumption toward practices that can be sustained by the gifts of Earth's bounty. Let the waters of baptism remind us of Earth's waters that make possible life and upon which every living thing depends. 
open our eyes to that which is truly holy, and renew our commitment to care for the creation. We pray for the world's leaders, and especially for those to whom we look for guidance in our own land. Strengthen leaders to remain faithful to the commitments that they have made to those they lead, and to seek policies that care for all, not only for those who have power and influence. In these days of leadership transition and turmoil, give us grace, O God, with one another. Let the waters of baptism remind us of the waters of your justice, which we pray will flow among us like a mighty stream. Make us your peacemakers for this broken and combative world. Healing God, your mercy is like living water that flows into every place of human need. We lift before you today those near to us who are suffering in mind, body, or spirit, especially Bob Carr, Tommy Elrod, the Gaylord family, Rabbi Joshua Greater Levine, Greg Klimek, Tom Kosakowski, and Elaine Tekenton. Lighten their spirits, heal them, and send your Holy Spirit among them and into all of the situations that are found in today's prayer list. We pray for the many thousands of lives that are affected around the world by the coronavirus, those who are sick, caregivers and first responders, those who mourn, and those who undertake the tasks of public health. Finally, O God, hear our prayers for those that mourn as we commend into your care those that we love but who we see no longer, especially Jan Carr, Thomas Teckenton, and George Regis. Before they were ours, they were yours, O God, marked by the waters of baptism, members of your household, now and evermore. Comfort all who mourn and give them bright hope for future days. We pray all of these things in the confidence that we are indeed children of God, and we use the words that our Savior Christ has taught disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining in this time of online worship from First United Methodist Church in Pasadena, California. Remember that this service, along with all of our past services and concerts, are always available on the church's YouTube page to watch again or to share with others. When you subscribe there, you can receive free reminders of all of our future events. The activity level at the church is ramping up as the new year begins, and so I urge you to download today's bulletin and stay informed of all that is planned. A link to the PDF may be found in the video description. In addition to a guide to the service of worship, the bulletin contains our weekly prayer list and announcements about upcoming classes, as well as ways that you can help meet the needs of others even during this time of quarantine.
Next Saturday, our church's concert series continues with an online concert by the Bell Rose Duo. That's our own Junko Yuno Garrett and David Garrett. Beginning at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they will offer music for piano and cello by Felix Mendelssohn and Robert Schumann. Listen while it is happening, or listen anytime thereafter, again using our church's YouTube channel. Thank you for your continued support of our church with your offerings. A link to our online giving website may be found in the video description today. You're always welcome to mail offerings directly to the church using the mailing address that's on the screen right now. And please stay in touch with us. We want to hear how you're doing and we want to receive your prayer requests, your questions, and your concerns. Connect at fumcpasadena.org is the email address to use to communicate directly with the clergy staff. Be well this week, remember your baptism, and remember to wear your mask. May the path that Christ walks to bring justice upon the earth, to bring light to those who sit in darkness, to bring out those who live in bondage, to bring new things to all creation, may this path run through our lives and may we be the road Christ takes. Amen.